Welcome to MonsterBabyPodcast.com. Uh, nope. <laughs> Monster Baby. Welcome to Monster Baby. A curious realm through the worlds of mindfulness. we got to start over. That feels okay. Go ahead. That feels like that would be okay, though. My moment just passed. Oh, oh I'm not going to go now. No, I'll go, but I was inspired I then. I, I have see. lost my I inspiration you lost your mojo. Welcome, everybody, to Monster Baby, a curious rump through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. That voice you're hearing is Lisa Rowland. Yes, and that one is Ted Maison, and we are your hosts. And this is episode number... 20. 20. Oh, happy 20th. Yeah. Um, and it's about adventure. We talk about going on adventures. We talk about seeing the world and experiencing the world with adventurous eyes yeah. and ears and hearts. Approaching, having an adventurous approach. A little bit about improv, yeah. a little bit about mindfulness. As you might expect, as that's the deal here. That's our promise. At Monster Baby. <laughs> our promise to <laughs> that's you. That's our goal. Uh, uh, so yeah, we hope, you, we hope you like it. Well, we felt inspired by the end of it. Yeah. So uh, that's our hope for you. Yeah. May you also feel inspired. Indeed. And uh, I think let's take it away. Boom. Let's get into it. Yeah. Enjoy, people. Enjoy. Go to it. Lisa's got an idea. Do you know what comes next? I do. Play what comes next together with the option of saying nope if you don't like it. And then whoever says nope. So if you if I say what comes next and you say and I go nope, then you say what comes next. And then I offer sure. until you say nope. Okay. What comes first? Uh, uh, we are um, race car drivers. What comes next? We are in the middle of a very high stakes race. What comes next? We come around the the, the bend and notice our arch ne- nemesis, arch enemy, yeah, uh, is just ahead of us. What comes next? We decide we're going to take her down. Nope. What comes next? We pull up beside her. What comes next? We signal to her that we want her to pull over. <laughs> <laughs> What comes next? Oh, you went with it. Uh, she shakes her head angrily to refuse. Uh, what comes next? We turn to each other with a look of consternation. <laughs> oh, um, uh, uh, nope. What comes next? She speeds off with renewed fervor uh, and, and determination to beat us. What comes next? Um, <laughs> we pull up on the inside of her this time. What comes next? Um, we we motion for her to roll down her window. What comes next? She begrudgingly does it. What comes next? We ask her if she has any gray poupon. <laughs> nope. What comes next? We yell across the noisy uh, hum, not hum, roar of the engines and say, We don't want to win! Nope. <laughs> Thank you. What comes next? <laughs> um, we, we yell over the noisy roar of the engines. We're going to beat you. <laughs> nope. What comes next? We yell over the noisy roar of the engines. Would you like to go to dinner tonight? <laughs> nope. <laughs> what comes next? Um, before we say anything, she speeds off. Nope. <laughs> what comes next? We shoot a poison dart at her through the open window. Nope. 
What comes next? Uh, we we um we attach a like a clamp like uh, device onto her car and pull it to ours so that we are now like a raft of two cars mm. wide and we're driving together. What comes next? Um, at first, she's unclear what's going on, and then is like, and then kind of gets it and is okay with it. What comes next? She. She and we both realize that we have an opportunity, and we both climb out. Um, oh, uh, um, she stays in the car and and to steer, and you and I both climb out of the window and on top of the roofs of the cars. Yes, we do. What comes next? Uh, we begin kind of a synchronized dance routine, the likes of which the India 500 has never seen. Oh, what comes next? Uh we cross the finish line. She's driving while you and I are doing a lift a la Dirty Dancing <laughs> on the roof of the car. Nice. What comes next? Uh, the race is over, and she she was she's awarded the medal because she was the one driving. Nope. What comes next? Uh, she pulls onto the center lawn in the middle of the oval and starts doing donuts. What comes next? <laughs> she... Whips a, whips the tail of the car around to a complete stop, opens up the door of the car, puts her hands in the air and goes, yeah! What, what comes next? <laughs> we look down at her with our hand, arms in the air and go, yeah! <laughs> what comes next? The marshal of the race comes over with a big trophy in one arm and a big jug of milk in the other arm. Uh, which the, the celebration is to drink from the milk carton because they're the, the sponsor. Nope. The, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what comes next? We got to close this bad boy up. From the middle, from the center lawn, we look over and realize that the guy who was behind us has won the race because we never crossed the finish line. We just headed straight for the middle. Nope. What comes next? <laughs> All the other cars come into the middle uh, to parade around us with um, raising their flags on their cars and tooting their horns in celebration. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> The end. Okay, well, the whole time I was thinking of our friend Jerry Amani. Oh, yeah, great. Who is a professional, a race car driver. professional race car driver. And stunt driver. And stunt driver. So, you know, she could probably, she might even be listening to this podcast. She might now that she knows we talked about it. If, if we tell her she's in this episode. This, it was actually an apt warm-up. Okay, tell me why. Because our episode, this episode is about adventure. Hmm. What do you mean by adventure, Lisa Rowland? What do I mean by adventure? Lead to the saw to the wait. No, what did I say? Mm. Lead to the road to the land. I think so. Yeah. Um, what do I mean by adventure? Kind of like exciting, slightly dangerous unknowns, mm. and striking off for who knows what will happen in in bravery and aplomb. It's <laughs> not the word I meant, but you get it. Yeah, we're not talking about the fruit that becomes prunes. Not a plum. Striking out with a plum. Yeah. What do you mean by adventure, Ted? Uh, Pardon my slurps, everybody. I'm drinking tea. Ginger turmeric tea. Ginger turmeric tea. Uh, By adventure, I mean something similar to what you've just described. This notion of choosing to go out into the world and to have an experience for the sake of learning something or 
experiencing something that you've never experienced before. Mm. So striking out for something new mm-hmm. and gathering wisdom and insight so that you can bring it back to your home mm. and live in a, a new way, in an expanded way or a more loving or bold or creative way. Mm. And so it could be like a, an actual setting off into the world, like mm-hmm. I'm going to go to China or something. Yeah. Or it could be... It could be like an exotic adventure abroad. Yeah. Or it could be taking on, going into a new relationship. Yeah. Or... Learning a new thing. Learning a new thing. Or even just you know, what I hope we'll get into talking about here is it's just sort of an approach, an adventurous approach to whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I think there's this aspect of like, yeah, I'm going to take it on. Yeah. Going out there. What's out there? Yeah. You know? I think that there, for me, adventure implies uncertainty mm-hmm. and willingness to roll with what comes. Nice. Does it imply risk as well? Yeah. Along with the uncertainty. Well, I think that, in, I think that yeah, uncertainty. They're folded in. They're the, yeah, they're the same. It's like you don't know how it's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. And that means it may turn out badly. Mm-hmm. Or it may get you in a tight spot. Or you might end up in a pickle. Or you might end up, you know feeling really awkward or rejected or bad at something, you know, whatever it is. I think that there's, there's no guarantee of how an adventure is going to turn out. If you were to end up in a pickle, you might end up in a hamburger as well, which. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's like the joke when somebody says, well, you know, I mean, in a vacuum, I don't think that makes sense. Like, well, yeah, in a vacuum, you couldn't breathe. (laughs) It's like. You know that joke? (laughs) Joke is a generous term. Okay. (laughs) All right. In a pickle. Yeah. And I, when, so we talked earlier today about what to, what this episode would be about. And you mentioned adventure. Mm -hmm. And I was excited by it, partly because of my favorite quote from Keith Johnstone's book, Impro, Mm. that people who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they have and people who say no are rewarded by the safety they attain. And that there is that there that those two are opposed. That if you go on an adventure, you are sacrificing a little bit of safety, mm-hmm. and that saying yes, kind of a yes saying approach, is gonna is gonna take you on adventures. And so I think that you know, in my mind, improv is a the a life of improv is a very adventurous life. Yeah, and he's in a, in a strictly improv setting. He's saying it so that the characters in a scene are saying yes to each other's ideas so the scene will move forward. And, you know, one of the adventures I, I love that he describes is... <coughs> Excuse me. To go into the cave, right? So rather than having the actors stand, having the character standing around the outside of the cave debating whether or not they should go in... And what might be on the inside and how we might find out. It's and like, just do it! Just go. Go in the cave. Yeah. Meet the monster. Yeah. And so... It, but that is a very, I, I consider that going into the cave a very metaphorical, like, yes, it's going into the cave, but it's also like, um, the actors need to get to it. They need to get to the juicy right. part and not stall and think about what comes next, but like, just go, just go. Just go do it. And the reason why we don't want to go into the cave is because we're not exactly sure what's in there. And as actors, we haven't figured it out, we haven't decided, or we're not sure how we're going to handle what's in there, mm-hmm. or we don't, we, we, 
have an idea of what's in there, but we think it might not be smart enough or whatever. And so all of this stalling, all of these stalling tactics show up to keep us from just like get to the juicy part. And we're hesitant for the adventure. Yeah. That's how I think of it. And so he's, his encouragement is to say, go to the adventure, go to the action. Go there. Let something happen. Get to it. And so, yeah. So then like you're saying, you don't need this, to know how it's going to go. Like you'll figure it out afterwards. It'll show up. Yeah. So you're saying to extend this, of course, extend this into life now and say, what is it that you have to go after? Yeah. What is it that's waiting for you? Go. Go into your cave. Go into your cave. I love it. It's an adventure. Of course it might not work out. But I feel like the thing that, if we remember to to apply the skills that we learn in improv, then then we become really good at being okay with A, not knowing, and B, things not turning out great. Mm -hmm. And so then... The barriers to entry into the cave are much lower. And we just happen to, we just go in. Just, we just, just go. We and just see. check them out. And trust that we'll have what we need when we get there. Right. Yeah. Well, I was excited when we mentioned the possibility because of this thing I've been doing over the last few months, then a few times, called The Quest. Uh, it was an experience I had at the Applied Improvisation Network conference in Oxford, England this summer. And the basic premise is that you are with a group of people and as an individual you're you choose a color and a reference to some shape or object or symbol and those two words form your stimulus for your quest so uh, my color was red and They're my like your compass kind of Exactly my and my object was mirror so I had red mirror so then my task was to go out into Oxford by myself not with any of the other people in the room and just explore based on that using that as my inspiration. And maybe it was only going to lead me to one thing and then I just follow my whim. But I'm using it as my inspiration and following whatever it leads me to. And But with an attitude of being open to the people I find, to the things I find, curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, when you meet somebody, talk to them. Yeah. Ask them what, what they think or, you know. And so I used it to just walk around i looked around and said where is there any red mirror i could see like oh there's a red sign i'll just go walk to that sign Mm -hmm. and i walk you know whatever two minutes get to the sign look around oh i see there's a little reflective mirror over there i'll go to that and then eventually i got to places where i just started to talk to people and Mm -hmm. and then you come back at the end of this after doing this for several hours you come back and the group shares its stories of what they noticed totally magical Things happen, and some people just go to one place, park themselves, and write in a journal about what they're inspired by. But I went and I took photos of different red mirrors. I had a great time, mm-hmm. and it was a, such a neat way to meet the city yeah. or the town. It and, gives you a task, so that it's a the world is a little bit smaller than right. just like go out and see what you see. Right, and you what ends up happening is that things show up that you never would have noticed before mm-hmm. because you're looking for something specific, mm. and. What I've done since then is I've since done it with a friend, a buddy of mine up in Seattle. We just wanted to go on adventure. So we said, well, let's go downtown Seattle and we'll choose, you know, I wrote up some little slips, choose a color, choose an object. And we went around, I think we had, we ended up with Silver Sphere. And uh, we're like, well, what does that start? What is it we think of? And he said, well, I think of a pinball machine. I said, great. Is there any pinball machines downtown Seattle? He thought of this game Let's place. Let's find one. So we found one, and that's where we started, and then yeah. we just went from there. And um, and then I did one on a date. 
mm. which was really cool. That's great. And we just met, and we, again, chose a color and an object. And in this case, it was in, I was in D.C. And we just went around for several hours, walked around, and, you know, went to a fountain and explored on a fountain and looked at some cool patterns in the uh, sidewalk and looked at the trees. I mean, just... It was, it just became an adventure. We played mm-hmm. played with this huge chess board, played a game of chess. Well, so that's interesting, right? Is Was there risk? Mm. What made that an adventure? That's a really good question. Like you're going out into the world, but it's not like you're like... Yeah, this is... So is the risk necessary, right? I, um, I didn't feel like we were in danger. Yeah. Maybe the risk is boredom or like... Or I won't find anything. You don't find anything. Like and you you know, like, if you don't know it... Right, yeah. Yeah. It could have been that. This risk was pretty low. Or risk would be like, well, this date could flop because... Well, this... dating is its own adventure, I think. Right. Yeah. Mm, to be considered on another podcast, maybe. Perhaps, yeah. But I think there's there wasn't much risk there, but it was really instructive to see, is this person willing to be adventurous? Mm-hmm. Sort of as a litmus test. Yeah. For, hey, I want to be with somebody who can, who can hang with us. Like, you know, to to be delightful, to be, contribute their own portion. So it's like, I'm not leading the whole adventure. Right? Yeah, right. She's willing to say, hey, let's go here. Let's. They're willing to just kind of let go and see what's there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great fun. So now I find that I am taking this approach mm-hmm. more often than not. Just like I'm walking around, I'm going to the chiropractor, I'm going to the movies. I came out of the movies, you may have seen, I posted something on Facebook. Came out of the movies the other night at 1230 like past midnight, and they were there was this guy with a big crane going up to work on the neon lights. It looked uh, like neon lights. Yeah. And there was a guy on the ground, and I was like, you know what? This is really fascinating. I'm going to just stop and talk to this guy. So I chatted him up, and I said, oh, what are you doing? And we're replacing these, putting in new LED lights, and oh, they're not a neon. But I learned all about the lights, and I learned about where their company is and how yeah. they have to get special permits and... Turned out his son was up on the ladder and his son was smoking, which I was surprised by. And I asked him, I'm surprised they let you smoke on the job. He said, well, I got to let my kid do that. Otherwise, he wouldn't work for me. You know, so I just learned about his family. And yeah. it just was here was this moment in my town. Now it's suffused with story. Every time I go there, it's gonna, I'm going to see that those LED lights. And you have some information about how they... Like, oh, cool. It feels like there's like a level of like agreeing to engage mm-hmm. in, the, in whatever the world brings you. Yeah. That is that remind that reminds me of improv very much, in terms of, you know, in improv you never know. You never know what you're looking for because you don't know what the scene is yet. So mm-hmm. you can't narrow your you can't narrow your scope. So you've just got to be, open to whatever's coming coming at you, and it me it means that an improviser hones their that skill of attention so highly. Right. And I think that and and assumes that the offers that they're getting are. Are to, be in, are to be in played with, are there to are there to engage with, and so there's this kind of I'll play with that, sure. I'll play with that, let's try it, I'll play with that attitude, yep. and I think you can approach the world that way. It's play so with great. That. What's that? Kind of assume that there's something to learn, and assume there's some good to be gotten out of it. It's also a mindfulness thing too. So this is a place where I think improv and, and mindfulness mesh really smoothly. Is to say I'm just going to pay attention to what's here. And be curious and kind about it. And, you know, I think that 
um, what we pay attention to, we grow an affection for, mm-hmm. right? If I'm sending my attention, whatever, to a, a lamp across the room, if I'm really noticing it, if I do that for half a minute, I'm going to have like a different connection with that lamp than I mm-hmm. did before. And I was talking about that with a guy named Andy Middleton, who's runs a outdoor program, outdoor skills program in Wales. I think I told you about this, but we were, he's really interested in getting people to care about the earth. Oh yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah. and um, he said, if I get people out there to love the earth, then they'll protect it. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it bringing mindfulness into what he does and how can how can we bring that on his adventures, his outdoor adventures. And I realized, you know, if we stop and really pay attention to what we're walking through when we're on the trail or when we're on the coast, we grow an affection for it because mm-hmm. we're registering it, we're engaging with it, you know. And especially if it's got that element of adventure, like even more so if it's risk because it feels like your senses get heightened when yeah. there's danger involved. So then there's more of your channels are open, so more information is getting through, like a wider bandwidth of life. Mm -hmm. So there it is. Like, wow, now I care about that coast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm digging this image of wider bandwidth, like taking in more. More in every moment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. totally. That adventure helps us do that. Yeah. Well, it's like fresh eyes. You're Mm -hmm. on an adventure and you Mm -hmm. you have fresh eyes. I think there's a big part of it that is that is a big part of the adventure that is you can't be totally ready for it before you start. So you accept the you accept the un the ambiguity or the the unsettled bits of it right. before you begin. And and there's an element of figuring it out along the way because I think that un- the unexpected is a part of it. Right. Leaving room for that. Yeah. And I think that it's still okay, like with any adventure, even epic ones from you know, heroic stories of yore, Yeah, that there's still some element of being prepared to some degree. Like No, sure. You bring I mean, your sword. You know, I'm you know. going to, on a trip abroad, and it's like, yeah, well, you should have your passport, and you right. should pack appropriate clothing, and you you know, like all of those things. But I'm trying to think, like, what makes a walk around the neighborhood an adventure, and what makes a walk to the chiropractor not an adventure? Right. Or what, like, what's the difference? Right. I'm walking there, I get there, I turn around, I walk back, I come home. Like, was that an adventure? If you had, if you had open eyes and you were willing to try things differently, I'd say yes. Could be. Mm. Or at least could be adventurous. Right? Do you do you take a new route home? Yeah. You know, do you talk to people who you meet along the way? Right. Uh, do you stop and investigate? Right. Like, oh, there's the lawn ornaments. Look at those. Wow. Right. So Lord. it's stu- it's stuff that you didn't that were outside of your plan. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it would it would be scripted. Yeah. Like a like an improv scene, or like a life routine done on autopilot in right. a mindless way. Right. Rather than a mindful one, like, yes, I get up and I go to the bathroom and I brush my teeth and I don't pay attention. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Boring. Safe. And necessary. I we don't need everything to be an adventure. Like, no. there's a time when, it, you know. Right. Yeah, it feels to me like there's just this major element of adventure, which is I am welcoming in that I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen when, this, when, this, when, I, when I do this. In fact, I put my finger on this oh, a few years ago. I like don't consider a trip 
abroad a real success until something unexpected has happened. Did, have I we think talked you've about told this? me that, yeah. Which is Love this. really tricky because you because that means that trip is a failure until the moment that it's not. Like there's no right. Um, and I, I maybe that's not totally true anymore. Like I think that there are ways for to have a great time. You know, it's like I think there's partial credit available here, but <laughs> but but I don't. I've never wanted a trip that anybody could have if they had the same guidebook as me. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted a trip that is like. Oh, nobody else had the trip that I had, right? Because it was it was peopled by these con- you know it was populated by these connections that I made with individual people who surprised me and showed me things that I wouldn't have seen otherwise mm-hmm. that that brought things to light that were totally un- unforeseen, right? And I loved that. Yeah. So I so so making it's making friends with the unknown I and lo- welcoming it in. Yeah, I love how that mindset when I take it on, it gives me total permission to do things I wouldn't do otherwise. Yeah. And talk to people you wouldn't talk especially to. Especially that one. Talking yeah. to people and just asking them real questions. Yeah. Like, so what do you do here? Right? When I was on that quest with my buddy in Seattle, yeah. we stopped and, and got to a real conversation with the waiter. Yeah. And his name was, he had a Spanish name, but he looked kind of Asian. Uh-huh. And... And I just asked him about that. I said, "Can I? would you mind if I ask you a personal question? He said, no, go ahead. I said, you can feel free not to answer if you don't want to. Yeah. But I said, so what's the deal with your name? Your features look kind of Asian. Your name is Spanish heritage. Is he Filipino? That, and that was my guess. Yeah. And I said, are you, are you from the Philippines? And it sort of went in. But he had this, fa- I don't remember the details of who he was. Yeah. Fascinating backstory. Yeah. And he was making ends meet and trying out this restaurant. And he had, and we just had this great time chatting yeah. with him. What was hilarious was that my buddy Dave ended up running into him at this more upscale restaurant that he was then working at a few months later. Really? Yeah. And Aww. Dave recognized him and the guy recognized him and they had a conversation about it and he, I guess, had changed jobs but because he, it was a better opportunity to earn more money. Yeah. But there was that, that's that kind of connection. Yeah. That adventure bred the connection and now. Yeah. And it leads you to places you couldn't have gotten to on your own. Right. Love that. Yeah. You couldn't have gotten to just with a with a guidebook and going to this place because it was highly recommended. It's like, yeah, okay, then you're going to get a good restaurant out of it, and you could foresee that. Yeah. But like, what makes this different than all of the other people who come who come to this restaurant? All right, so I have a question for you. Yeah. I am curious to know what is one of the favorite adventures you've ever taken on. Oh. I always think about traveling. Like my favorite. I, I love traveling alone. And for an extended period of time. <laughs> and you've been lots of different places. Yeah, so there's a couple of those that stand out. But I'm remembering this one. <laughs> this is actually cool. So this was a time that I was not traveling alone. I was traveling with two of my friends and one of their boyfriends. And we went down to Buenos Aires. and In Argentina. In Argentina. And we went to a tango club that had been recommended. And... <laughs> I forget how this happened. We like made friends with the musicians or they noticed that we were having a great time and so they befriended us or whatever. And they came over and sat with us at one of the breaks and they said, so are you also musicians? And my friend Sasha, I think, pointed to me and said, no, but she's a singer. She sings. <laughs> and they were like, oh, really? What do you sing? And I was like, uh, well, I, I mean, I kind of sing anything. And they were like, and somehow I ended up on stage 
with the tango musicians. Love it. And and I and and he said, "Well, what should we? What do you want to sing?" And I was like, "You know, just play, and I'll and I'll sing." He's like, "Well, what key?" And I was like, "Any key, any key. It doesn't matter. I'll I'll, I'll just do do something." So I sang this song to this tango club about singing a song in a tango club. So you were improvising. I improvised a song. And were you doing it in Spanish? No. Okay. No. Expats. Yeah, mostly tourists. Most, so it people was who like can a, speak English. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. And it was so it was so fun. And I remember being like, this is crazy. Like, what is this? So what makes you think that other people wouldn't have had that experience from the guidebook? <laughs> it's just a hunch. <laughs> just, you know. Just a hunch. Hmm. Seems like everybody who buys Lonely Planet However, does that. However, like there's like a piece of me that's like, well, what's the risk in that? You know how to improvise songs. Do you feel perfectly comfortable doing that? So like, is well, that Did you risky? feel perfectly comfortable? I don't remember feeling very nervous. Hmm. I remember being like, this is awesome. This is so fun. Yeah. yeah. You know? So. That's, that's an interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it is something that you wouldn't have normally done. You wouldn't normally, normally have the opportunity to do. It surprised me. The opportunity surprised right. me. Right. So there you go. So there's yeah. surprise in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also interesting because I, I think that in improv, I think it needs to stay risky and surprising. And the minute it loses that, you've got to change something. The minute you figure out how to make it successful every time or right. whatever, it's like, why then why are we doing this? Yes. You know, and I've worked with people who try to grind the unknown out of improv, grind the uncertainty out of it by like really setting up strong rules and structures so that you just have to kind of fill in the blank from audience suggestions, but basically we know how this goes. Right. And I find it so unexciting. Yeah. So uninteresting. But it means that I've always got like, as an improviser, we always have to push ourselves past the place where we know we're going to succeed. Right. And that's like a really, yeah, that, that's a scary, that's scary. That's a dynamic I've seen sometimes with really skilled improvisers is they just, they're going to be able to handle it. And so they're just kind of, they're going through the motions. And they know that their partners will be able to handle it. Yep. And so it's like, Is okay. that what you mean? Like to handle new stuff? No, I mean, well, yes, if new stuff comes up, but it's like, we're good enough that it's not surprising mm-hmm. because we kind of know how to how to build a relationship, how to construct a story, and there it is, okay, we conclude it, and it was satisfying for the audience. Great. But when I'm in the audience for those kinds of shows, it's like, oh, but what was, there's a magic missing. And I think the magic is that surfing on the wave of the uncertainty. Yeah. Like, oh, that was... You really take a risk, like, this might bomb. Yeah. And then I can remember scenes where the scene didn't particularly go anywhere, but I remember it really fondly. Like the scene was kind of a bizarre scene, Mm -hmm. but I loved it because it was like, my partner and I were like out on a limb together and Mm -hmm. neither of us knew how this was going to resolve or what it was about or how how to maneuver it, but we were just taking it step by step together and we were super connected. That's fun. No, so fun. Yeah. So fun. I'm trying to think of one of my favorite adventures. Yeah. One that was relatively recently was when I went to, to Wales this summer. Yeah. I had this time period between a conference that was in Oxford and a workshop, a training that I was doing in York. And I had six days and I didn't know where I was going to stay. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I met this guy, Andy, at the first conference. I really liked him and he knew we would run an outdoor adventure place. And I was like, you know what? I'd really love to go out to Wales and spend time with him. That'd be cool. 
So I asked him and he said, sure, come on out. And, you know, it was like, I don't know what's going to happen when I get out there. And we got to explore all these incredible places. And he took me surfing and he took me co-steering, running around on the rocks and diving the water and jumping off cliffs that I never would have jumped off. And that was great. That all sort of unfolded. I met his family and all these wonderful people. That was, I really didn't know what I was going to do at that time. So mm-hmm. that was, that was a recent one. I feel like there's some others just about like choosing to meet people or choosing to say stuff or yeah, that are lurking in there that I'm not thinking of. Yeah. Well, so maybe we've already answered this question, but what are the ways that you bring? Cause both of our favorite adventures were travel adventures. Mm-hmm. We're like abroad out of our context right. doing something different. So how, I think that that adventurous spirit and I think I have mentioned Sasha Cox of Trail Maven's fame before, yes. but I will mention her again because she recently gave a talk. Of, oh, I think I mentioned this on the podcast about being adventurous, treating, treating things like an adventure, like allowing yourself to, even if they're very small things, like I want to learn, I want to yes. plant some things on my, on my patio. You can kind of have a, a garden adventure. Right. And, and it, I think her point was like, if you treat it like an adventure, you're more likely to to do it to kind of it like it like spurs you into action it becomes and more compelling becomes more compelling and it activates this this go get him attitude in mm. in you mm. which i love so but so my so i strive to live in this way mm-hmm. of like action oriented go go get it get out get out get out of your house unless you really need to be in your house right like unless it's right. important to have some downtime or whatever which i'm a big fan of but but I'm interested in like how you how you bring adventure into your days, and how be, and are you satisfied with the level of adventurousness in your life? Ooh, I like that second question. Um, I like them both. Yeah, there's a number of ways that I'm I'm bringing it into my life, and I, I think the biggest one, which I consciously chose as an adventure, was again moving here, moving to California. Yeah, yeah it's like. All I know is where I'm going to live, but I don't know if that's going to be a good fit. I had our friendship and the promise of our working together in some way mm-hmm. and the BATS community. That was kind of it. I didn't know what I was going to be doing for my work and I knew kind of what I wanted to do, but it was like, well, I'll pack up my stuff and bring my cat and go across country. It seems like such an adventure. It was great. Yeah. And... It's been great. It feels like it's still unfolding and like I'm finally getting settled here two years later. Um, and like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I've, I'm finally here. But so that was a big one. And then another is all these just little moments of my general stance to life now is to say, I want to try new things out. I want to do mm. new stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I go for a hike... You know, I can walk 10 minutes up the road and be at the cliffs over the beach. I can, there's eight zillion ways to get down to the beach. I'm going to always try a new one Mm -hmm. because I just want to see what's new. Yeah. Get to know the different, different path. Um, Or I go a different time of day. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I go a different uh, direction on the way home, come down different streets on the way back, something like that. So this is like checking stuff out, checking Mm -hmm. stuff out, keeping those eyes open talking to new people, engaging. 
and I've constructed my life so I have a little bit of time to do that. I'm not mm-hmm. running around like a, to be cliche, chicken with my head cut off. But mm-hmm. it's like, all right, what's here? You know, what's going on? There's a, there's a great quote from a book called Outside Lies Magic mm. by a guy named John Stilgo, who is a professor of urban landscape, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, at Harvard. And Stilgo? Stilgo, S-T-I-L-L-G-O-E. And he's a great teacher, but he gets people to explore mm-hmm. and to notice stuff. And so this book is awesome. I used to have my kids read it as a frame for how I wanted them to approach class, to have this kind of mindset. But his book starts with the words, get out now. Cool. Not just outside, but beyond the trap of the programmed electronic age, so gently closing around so many people at the end of our century. Go outside, move deliberately, then relax, slow down, look around. Do not jog, do not run. Forget about blood pressure and arthritis, cardiovascular rejuvenation and weight reduction. Instead, pay attention to everything that abuts the rural road, the city street, the suburban boulevard. Walk, stroll, saunter, ride a bike, and coast along a lot. Explore. Abandon even momentarily the sleek modern technology that consumes so much time and money now and seek out the resting place of a technology almost forgotten. Hmm. And I just, you know, that mindset of going out into a landscape or even into your own home or into a relationship. And see what's there. See what's there. Yeah. And you know, slow down, get out of the car, get out of the, the ways that we insulate ourselves from the risk. Yeah. Right? So it's like, no, I've got the temperature the right setting. I'll stay warm. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll keep the wind out. I'll, you know, it's not too sunny. It's not too wet yeah no let the rain fall on your face and see what happens you know Mm -hmm. metaphorically let the rain fall on your face in a relationship see what happens yeah uh so i that book uh partly from reading it myself but also from teaching it i feel like i've tried to build that into my life so more and more that adventurousness is just kind of my way of being Mm -hmm. which is really interesting difference from when i was a kid and i I suppose I still do this physically, but very risk averse as a mm-hmm. kid. I just didn't want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so like, I wasn't the kind who would stand on the edge of a cliff or jump from barrel to barrel or climb up a gutter. You didn't take physical risks. Nope. Yeah. I felt like I was really fragile. But I think that I, that also probably kept me locked in emotionally or artistically too. Like mm-hmm. I just wouldn't, don't want to mess up. Yeah. I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. I won't be able to recover. And now... What do you think taught you resilience? Uh, like, how? when did that change? How did you learn that you're going to be okay? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think the biggest thing was going through therapy. Uh-huh. And that was something that my therapist and I worked on was my feelings from when I was a little kid about being fragile. And, you know, he was able to demonstrate to me the ways that I went through difficult things and I got hurt and I got back up again. Mm -hmm. And so there had been this time when I was, how old was I? Uh, Probably 12 or something. I was playing, the first time I played tackle football with my brother and his friends. They were all bigger than me. They're 14, I'm 12. This is like actually a crucial difference with boys. Mm -hmm. 
very first play I make, I catch a ball, I go up to catch a ball as a receiver, catch it, and I get tackled, and the guy hits me really hard and drives me to the ground. And my, uh, what's it called? Lost my breath. Wind knocked out of me. I got the wind knocked out of me. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And I'd never had that happen before. And I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. Yeah. And I just never played football again. I just, that was it. Oh. I was you know, so scared. It. Forget it. Yeah. That's, if that's tackle football, I don't want it. Yeah. And so in therapy, that was, that was a moment that we went back and worked with and to recognize that I can literally get knocked down. I can get the wind knocked out of me and I can get back up. And, and so even the, keep playing. And keep playing. And yeah. so this image of like, of uh, athletes who, football players who get hit really hard and pop back up and like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, woof, I yeah. was alive, you know, it was really a helpful image for me. Uh-huh. And so then it was like, okay, when something happens, it's hard in life. You know, can I take that response? And sometimes I'm like, no, I just need to be tender and yeah. cry. And yeah, like, well, and I feel like there, there are times in life where it's like, no, I can't take that risk right now. I right, I don't have the resources to recover if this goes badly. Yeah, and it's those are times that it's important not to take a risk. But I often kind of ask myself, well, what, what would, what, what's the reason to say no? Yeah. Well, because it might be uncomfortable. Well, could I live with it being uncomfortable? I, yes, I could. Right. All right. Okay. Well, then let's do it. Yeah. You know, or it might be awkward, or I might wind up in a place that's a kind, I mean, kind of in over my head. Okay. Well, is can I live with it? Can I get over that? Yeah, I yeah. can get over that. Do you know Weebles? No. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so Weebles were like egg-shaped toys. And you can kind of bop the them. person, and they had a weight over. at the bottom, and so yeah. you knock them over, they'd bounce back up. But, yeah. You know, or those punching bags that you know, yeah. you'd hit it and then it would come right back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, So those are what became inspirations. And yeah, I still, I think I'm pretty cautious about physical risks. It's like, no, that looks like it'd be fun, but if I were to fall, I probably would break my leg and mm-hmm. that's not worth that risk. Yeah. Even if it's a small chance. I don't feel like I take very many physical risks either. But... But I'm much more open to to that. So yeah, that was that's really to what the changed unknown, it. Generally, to the unknown, mm-hmm. I'm like I don't know how this is gonna go. Yeah. But let's try it and and find out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a childhood experience that had me locked up a bit. Uh huh. And then I also think reading Carol Dweck and the book Mindset uh-huh. really changed my approach to risk. It was like you know you need to fail in order to learn, and mm-hmm. so. Who cares if you mess up? Yeah. Go ahead. Try it out. You're supposed to. Yeah. You'll get better. Yeah. Great. It's all a process. Yeah. And so reading that book and again, teaching it to the kids that I was working with really started to incorporate that approach more and more. Mm-hmm. And so now like, why not try something new? Yeah. It makes it exciting. Yes. Instead of scary. And then you look back after whatever amount of time you've been trying something new out, and you're like, oh, check it out. I, I can do that I now. I something. Yeah. I mean, this podcast itself was a was a, an adventure. Yeah. We don't know where this is going to go. Well, let's try do. it. And now, like, looking back, oh, eight months later, how about that? We've <laughs> done a podcast. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Are there any adventures that you, that are, like, on your horizon that you're excited about or that you're like, I got I to gotta find that. I got to go out there and get it. Uh, well, I have some travel coming up, 
you know, so, so which, which sounds kind of adventurous and that it's very different from where I live because I'm going to Saudi Arabia to teach improv. And that's like, wow, different. Mm-hmm. But I've been there before, so it doesn't feel like there's a lot of... Like, I've done this job before, so it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of, of uncertainty to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference is very exciting. It's kind of going to a place that's very, very different. And I love it the most when we get off the compound of the university and get to go into Jeddah, go into town, because it's, it's, there's no, you're not distanced from the, what it's really like. Right. And so that's very exciting. Jeddah is the name of one of the cities in the new Star Wars movie, Rogue One. Jeddah? Yeah. Really? Yeah, there's some interesting things happening in Jeddah. I'm not going to offer any spoilers for our listeners, or for you, for that matter. Yeah, maybe I'll see it someday. You can see what happens with the town of Jeddah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I get back from that, I'm like, <laughs> two things that I want to learn how to do. I want to swing dance, I want to learn oh. how to dance, and I want to learn how to play the guitar better. And so I was thinking about taking classes to okay. do those two things. Okay. And both of those seem kind of a, kind of like little adventures. Uh-huh. Learning learning a new thing feels like all right, let's especially as we as I get older trying to learn a new thing somehow feels like an adventure because I feel like people tend to stop learning new yes. things when they get older. Right. Uh, but I really like it and I realize that it's available to me in this world is like so full of awesome experiences to have. And right now I'm at Liberty to have them. So yeah. go have as many as you can. Right. You know? Uh, so, so I want to kind of try some new stuff Love in it. the, in the, in the early when I get back. Okay. I feel like I'll take easily to it. Yeah. I love the way you embrace doing new stuff. And, so uh, I think we've mentioned that you had for your birthday party, your recent birthday party, you did a concert mm-hmm. where you sang to the rest of us and rock and roll. I mean, you had a band behind you. And it was so awesome. Some backup singers. And, and you learned how to play harmonica so you could play the harmonica solo in Piano Man. Yeah. Billy Joel's Piano Man. That was great. It was there's so this, great. I think there's like this little, there's this little glint of, oh, wouldn't this be cool? Kind of like... You know, I I think part of it is 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 that idea of training yourself to see the possibilities instead of the problems, right. and which opens the door to when I want to sing Piano Man and there's this harmonica solo. It's like, oh my god, wouldn't it be cool if I did that instead of oh well, you know, I guess we just won't have the I guess we just won't have that part. Or play with a synthesizer. Yeah, exactly. Game. We'll just have Joshua do it. You know, do it on the keyboard or whatever. Which is which is really cool. Yeah. I feel very grateful for having been trained that way you those, know yeah, to, have to have that those. skill sharpened yeah yeah your eyes look for those opportunities yeah like, oh this, this would be cool you don't happen to have your harmonica with i wonder you, if right? i could do this no i do not have my harmonica because it would be cool to do a little solo but i don't yeah who needs a harmonica <laughs> right you guys had de maison i'm just as good as a harmonica are you looking forward to any adventures well, maybe this adventure of trying to write a book, mm. you know, of saying, I don't know how to do this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I've wanted to do it for a long time. I feel like there's something I want to say that might be valuable to people. And so I have this intention and I'm taking steps to make it happen. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to need allies along the way and I'm sure there's going to be struggle and 
dark nights of the soul where I'm like, I don't care. I'm more like, I can't find my oh, yeah. voice or... I mean, from what I hear, writing a book is actually like a miserable process. <laughs> right. And well, sometimes it's a flow and people feel like they're channeling something. Totally. And, no, totally. You know, I was talking with my mom about it when she was here for the holidays and she was describing her first book that she felt like it wasn't that difficult because... She felt like she just had to listen for what needed to be said. Oh, that's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, but other times it's like, oh, I've got so much to say. How do I organize it? And yeah. But I, I'm willing to take that on. I'm willing to step into that unknown and the challenge of it. And I think that'll be, I'll, I'll put that on my list. Great. Yeah. I, th- this conversation makes me want to always have, uh, always either be in an adventure or, or ha- have one coming up. Nice. A resolution of sorts. Yeah. Like, I think there should always be a, what's your next adventure? Mm-hmm. There should always be an answer to that question. That's, that's, I like that. As even just to have something on the, on the horizon, it's magnetizing a sense of possibility. Like, ooh. Yeah. 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 And if you don't, it's kind of, yeah, maybe life loses a little pizzazz. Although interesting, as I say that, I'm thinking of like, well, I don't necessarily want the adventure on the horizon to take me away from where I am from mm. continuing to find the, the adventure in where I am. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I think you, I don't think it needs to. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. So at least, yeah, either have an adventure that like is coming up. With a capital A adventure? Yeah. Or turn to the small A adventure that's happening right around you. It's walking to the chiropractor. That's right. Yeah. And talking to the guy on the street selling hot dogs. Yeah. Not that anybody sells hot dogs in Daly City, but... (laughs) Pretty slow business. (laughs) You might get farther... Wandering around the empty suburbs of Daly City with a hot dog cart. You might get further selling like udon noodles (laughs) in a cart in Daly City. Oh, that's great. Right on. Anything yeah. else you want to add? Mm, well, I was just having this thought about... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Can't think of anything. To bring it around full circle. Yeah. What comes next? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Nothing. No more adventures. We're, yeah. we're, we're plumb out of adventures. Wait, but actually, that, to bring oh, it around, okay. I think there is an insight in that game. In okay. that... I think it's always really valuable to remember that you have the nope at your disposal mm. on your adventures. Because I think that so often you don't want to... Oh, okay. Two things. Two okay. things. So number one is the nope, is to realize that you get to start an adventure and then be like, oh, nope. Yeah, I'm I am no that. longer delighted by this. Sure. And the rule that I teach when I teach that game is that you don't need to know why you're not delighted by it. You don't need to explain it. You don't need to justify it. It doesn't need to even make sense to you. You don't have to know what you would rather have happen. You just have to like track Tune your in. inspiration, and if it's not doesn't show, if it doesn't light up at the suggestion, you get to be like, mm, nope. Another little mindfulness practice, and then try something else. And before you give us number two, yeah. I want to just note about that game also that the nope, as we've learned it, is not a hostile or angry or dismissive, like no freaking way. Yeah, no. It's a like a light-hearted. Nope. nope. Kind of delighted. No, yeah. thank you. Nope, not that. Not, not that. Nope. Yeah, it's very friendly. So if you're playing this game with yourself, or I, I think it would be helpful on an adventure to not take that kind of like aggressive, ah, screw that, that's not... Yeah, forget it. it. changes the, the mood, right? Yeah. It's like, no, not that. Yeah. 
I'm like, now I'm looking for something oh, else. This could be something different. Yeah. I thought it was this. It's not that. Okay, yeah. so that's one. So that's one. And the number two thing is is that the most necessary piece of an adventure is to go into the cave, is to start it. Mm. And I think sometimes that's the hardest piece of the adventure. Yes. Because inertia is attractive. I mean, it's strong. It's a strong force. Right. And so this is, this is what I do. This is what I keep doing because it takes kind of effort and activation energy to start doing something different. Right. But the, the, I think that's the, mo- the most very important piece. The image that comes to mind as you say that is taking a step out over an edge. You're like there's no ground there. But that trusting that when you, as you're putting your foot down, whoosh, the ground will be there to meet you, mm-hmm. to support you. It's yeah. Like, it's an empty you space now. You don't know now. what it is yet because you haven't seen it yet. That's but right. There's something there. Something's there. Yeah. It's like um, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Okay. When he says, a leap from the lion, a leap from the lion's head, something, something. Thank you. Do you know this part that I'm talking about? I don't remember it. It's like they're searching for the Holy Grail and he takes a leap of faith Mm. from the lion's head off a cliff, off a cliff and takes a step and it's this like invisible walkway that was that blended into the rest of the uh-huh. scene so he couldn't see it he just had to trust that something was going to catch it. him he's a guy who goes on adventures that man goes on adventures so be like Harrison be like Indiana Jones that's, that's your lesson yeah if this episode inspired you go out and go into the cave go in the cave and and you get to you get to choose a different adventure anytime you want yeah see what see what's there yeah wrestle with it play with it Learn it. Learn from it. Come back to your town. Bring stories. Bring adventures. Come bring back lessons. To Daily City. Bring some hot dogs. <laughs> bring some udon noodles. Start a new business. Yeah. Udon. <laughs> Get your udon. Udon. <laughs> Very well then. Thank you for joining us, everybody. It's a pleasure to be on this adventure with you. And uh, till the next time. Yep. That was an adventure. I have to say, I <laughs> I don't know that that was an adventure. There was not really much risk. But I, but it inspired me to, it inspired, re-inspired me for adventure, for trying stuff and being engaged in the way that I'm moving through the world and mm-hmm. and being conscious about it and kind of re-upping that that what, piece. What do you think inspired you? Like, what's the what's the mechanism there? I just like talking about it reminded me how cool yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I feel the same way. It's like, like staying awake. I love hearing other people's stories of adventure, so it's fun to hear yours and and to remind myself of the times when I take that approach. Yeah. Life is much more delicious. Yeah, yeah. So why not keep doing it? Yeah, exactly. And it's, but, e- it's easy to fall off. Yeah. It's just easy to fall off because it's, you know, you just kind of like slide into what's comfortable. Slide into autopilot. Yeah, which makes loads of sense. And I feel like, you know, there comes a... T- <laughs> Sometimes I find myself on Facebook for too long. And I have to go, nope. Yeah, nice. <laughs> My nice. mantra is, this is not real life. Go get in real life. Yep. This is not real life. That's what it, like, comes to me when I'm on Facebook for too long. I'm, I'm, I liked reconnecting with that John Stilgo piece and his use of the word programmed. Get away from the programmed life. Mm-hmm. You know, where things are 
dictated or suggested or planned or they're already ordered for you. Yeah. Step out of that, get into the wild. Yeah, of, because we don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Wow, now tomorrow is just going to be crazy. Yeah. Here we go, New Year 2017. Yeah, it's great. So, excellent. I, yeah, uh, I, I, my hope for you, dear listeners, is that you have adventures this year. Mm. Maybe just one. Even just a small one. Just a little adventure. Yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see that wish, and I'm going to raise it. I hope you have an adventure, uh, and I hope that you are able to have an outer external adventure where you're going out into the world in some big way, uh, and also that you're able to see your own life with adventurous eyes, mm. as it already is. See the same old stuff That's in, right. in a new way. Same old, same old, Great. and new old, new old. I like that. I like that wish. So I also want to mention that we had talked about the quest. And if folks are interested in getting more information about the quest, they can learn about the history of it, where it comes from, at thequest.rocks, R-O-C-K-S. I learned it from Gene Lambin at the Applied Improvisation Network conference in Oxford, England last year. Uh, but she offers it all over the place. So check that out, thequest.rocks, if you want more information and uh, opportunity to explore that experience yourself. So uh, in terms of housekeeping... Housekeeping. If you want to write us, you can write us at info at monsterbabypodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. We like it. Reflections, suggestions, delights, questions. Bring them on. Yeah. Number uh, two. Number two, along those lines, we'd like to ask a favor, which is if you are enjoying this podcast, if you're listening, uh, if you're still listening, I hope it's because you're enjoying it and not because you like to <laughs> rail against how silly this is, but uh, <laughs> but we would really love for you to write a review on iTunes, because uh, that's what helps get the podcast noticed by other people. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've got five reviews there, but... You know, we could use I some more. I read those. They're really cool. I haven't read them. They're really fun. And uh, of course, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Sure. And join us at the, at the retreat in June if you want to come play with this stuff. Yep. Uh, June 9th to the 14th. Uh, you can find a link on monsterbabypodcast.com. Yep. It's in, it's in Maine. <laughs> and it's on the coast in Maine. In so Maine. there's that. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Nope. Is that right? That's not right. Oh, sure. Uh, no, that's... Amena? That's... Oh, sure. That's Canada. Oh, sure. It's like Minnesota. Oh, you're coming up to Maine, are you? Sure, you're going to come up there. <laughs> sure. You're going on a retreat, you say? <laughs> oh, yeah, something like that. They're all very burly in Maine, apparently. Of course they are, because their hands are gnarled from all the lobster. <laughs> the salt water run you down, does. <laughs> there it is, everybody. Yeah. That, How could that, you, you get five days of that if you come to Maine. I don't talk like that during the whole retreat. <laughs> sure you don't. All right. Well, okay, that's this is, it. as our first podcast of the year, we hope that your 2017 is, uh, we'll take this moment to say, hope that your 2017 is delightful, uh, filled with uh, vibrant monster baby experiences. And uh, we're so delighted and honored that you're with us. Yeah. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye.